Welcome to Becoming Your Greatest Possible Self. I am Chris Burns, America's number one motivational speaker for fiery inspiration and GPS coach for entrepreneurs and high achievers. Each episode, we interview leaders and great role models who make a massive impact in the world to help you master yourself, take courageous action, and make every day your best day ever. Okay, so ladies and gentlemen, George Carroll is about to come on. This dude is going to unpack NLP and how you can leverage it to boost your self-confidence, like really master your mindset and break free from the BS, the limiting BS, and the self-sabotage that has kept you stuck. So definitely stay tuned in this hour interview. George is going to bring the fire. Before we dive in, I'm talking to you because you're becoming your greatest possible self. So keep going on the journey. Keep showing up. Keep tuning into the 12-hour marathon. Keep taking those next steps with these epic guests like George who's about to come on, Jeremy who's just on. Find the people who you resonate with, who you align with, who you can see guiding you to those next steps and then take the steps. Show up, okay? Next up is our iTunes review of the week. This week it's by Joshua Lisek. Joshua says, there's personal development and then there's GPS. Chris, I loved your chat with Martha. Every tip to build rapport with romantic partners works in business. In love, you want yes. So it is in sales. Thank you for bringing on guests who, whose advice applies to 99% of life. P.S. You are so high energy. I feel the room come alive as I listen. 100%. Thank you so much, Joshua. I appreciate you, man. And if you want to give us a review, get a chance to get shouted out on a future 12-hour live stream, go to BOGPS.com forward slash iTunes or search Greatest Possible Self on the Apple Podcast Store and you can give us a review and subscribe there. And definitely, if you listen on other platforms, just search Greatest Possible Self and stay tuned, stay subscribed so you can keep getting all this gold. I'm going to introduce George in just a minute. Before that, grab a piece of paper, grab a pen. This guy is a speaking champion. He's speaking all over the place, inspiring, impacting audiences. He has an event coming up, so you definitely want to stay tuned all the way through to the end to get all the secrets, all the gold that he has to share. And we're, we're only able to cover so much in this hour, so when you when you hear something that just like lights you up, that resonates with you, go to the show notes, take the next step, connect with George, have a conversation, see what you can do because this guy is a champion. Let's introduce him and we'll bring him on screen. George is a dad and a family man first. Professionally, he is a high-energy corporate speaker, seminar, and retreat leader, mindset trainer, and published author of three books, including his latest, Maximum Performance and Productivity. Born and raised in Pueblo, Colorado, George attended the University of Northern Colorado on a football scholarship, and in a freak accident, George shattered his leg and ankle in his final home game as a senior and destroyed his dream of playing in the NFL. He fell into a deep state of depression, feeling hopeless and pondering suicide, but he didn't stay there. And we're going to find out all about the story. George, are you ready to rock the house, brother? Um. I'm ready to rock, Chris. Let's do it. We're doing it, bro. Okay, so we're live on Become Your Greatest Possible Self. Thank you for being here, George. And we're going to dive right in, man. The theme today is an extraordinary life, George. What does that mean to you? And that's a big question. Let's see here. It depends on the day. depends on my mood. <laughs> um, I would say it, it is the consistent attainment of meaningful goals. Mm. I mean, if we can, if we can just pack it in, into a soundbite, I think that would be it. And 
Um, and along with, you know, the other gentleman that was on earlier, that there, there is, I think we all do get to a certain point where um, that no longer fulfills us as much as it did maybe in the beginning. And then it is about helping other people. Um, so I think that that combination is the sound bite I'd go with in this moment. Mm. Mm, I love it. I love it, dude. I was, I was just watching a, a movie, The Shift, I think, or Shift by Wayne Dyer. And he talks about how in the morning of your life, it's about um, like ambition and significance of self. And then in the afternoon uh, and evening of your life, it's about really giving that gift to others and serving others, man. So I really see you doing that today, George. You're, you're inspiring, impacting so many through one of the greatest gifts and skills that we can develop as human beings, which is communication, speaking, and leadership. So tell us a little bit more about your speaking and what you really love to talk about and train people on in in seminars and workshops. Yes, there, there are a couple of a uh, couple of pathways that that my business runs from. the The first one is a corporate speaking business, and so you know organizations have annual conferences. They bring all their employees in, and they want to bring somebody in who's has high energy. And my three primary topics that I speak into uh, corporate audiences with are number one, maximum performance and productivity, which mm -hmm. is the name of my third book. Yep. Um, the second one is adaptability is the new change. And that's actually my hottest topic right now because change is happening faster and faster every single day, every single year. And people just aren't equipped with the change skills that they need to stay adaptable to the, to the ever increasing speed at which change is happening. Mm -hmm. So that's my hottest topic right now in the corporate world. And then my, my third hottest topic is called developing a positive mindset in challenging times. And so um, all around the country, I try to stay local to the Pacific Northwest. I live in Portland. I have two toddlers, three years old and, and two years old, and I love being with them more than anything. So um, I do my best to stay on the West Coast. Dude, that's that's beautiful. So you do corporate speaking, and I know you also have your own event coming up as well. Can you tell us a little bit more about that just briefly? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the greatest year of your life is our three-day event. And, and, you know, I, I don't know if I can and you drop F-bombs on here, but the subtitle is <laughs> whatever the fuck it takes. Yes. And so, you know, we've, we actually started this event in 2011 as just a small vision board workshop for two hours. And over the course of the years, uh, it just has expanded. And now it's a three-day transformational experience that happens every year in Denver, Colorado in January. Wow. And uh, it's pretty badass. Um, and so at that event, people go through certain processes and, and that we'll talk about today, but to really get clear on their goals. You know, Jim Rohn once said, you know, the late, great Jim Rohn said that most people don't get what they want because they don't know what they want. And I mm -hmm. think that when people get clarity on, on what their goals are, what's important to them, what's meaningful for them, they step into a whole new way of living their life and they become alive. And so on day one, we walk people through a process of helping them getting clear on what goals are going to be most meaningful for them because everybody's different. Um, and then we go through this process called pillars of alignment. It, I mean, I, I, there's so much I could say about um, all of these different processes, um, but I'm sure we'll dive into to them a little bit deeper. And then day two is called transform. And that's it's such a powerful day because we utilize a lot of these NLP tools that we're going to be talking about today to help people break free from the internal fears, the blocks, the anxiety that just keeps holding them back from making progress toward their goals and dreams. Um, and day three is themed whatever the fuck it takes. So it's it's an extraordinary event. Um, it keeps growing every year. And, and uh, in fact, we're launching it as an Amazon Prime video uh, coming in January. So keep an eye out for Amazon Prime. Wow, dude. 
so much. Like I'm excited to dive into all this, George. Before we go any further in all the things that are happening now, let's go back in the journey, man. I want to hear how did you get to where we are today? Take us back to that, especially that injury um, that really changed everything for you, man. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, from three years old, that's all I wanted to do was to play football. And my senior year in college, um, I was all conference receiver and I was in my mind on my way to either being drafted in the fifth or sixth round or being a walk on free agent somewhere. And I was 95 yards short of breaking our school record for yards in a career and my leg and my ankle end up, you know, going through this freak accident that's similar to Joe Namath's injury a long time ago. Um, and it just, it never healed. I could never bring it back to where it was. And so I fell into a really deep state of depression, suicidal thoughts, and I really wanted to die because my identity, you know, was gone. I, my whole life I had built my identity as I am a football player. And when that was over, I didn't know who I was anymore. And so, uh, I had a lot of suicidal thoughts and, and, uh, it was around 2004 in the depth of my despair is when I really wanted to, to figure out how do I get out of this? How do I understand these feelings more? Mm -hmm. And then I stumbled across Tony Robbins book, Unlimited Power. And that book just opened my eyes to the, the potential that we have within us if we learn to harness our mind and our emotion. And so, you know, after that, I went on this, this media cleanse. I stopped watching the news. I stopped listening to, to everything and just started consuming positive, empowering information. Mm -hmm. And then I came across NLP or neuro-linguistic programming, also came across uh, Psycho-Cybernetics by Maxwell Maltz and started developing and, and um, sort of accumulating these tools of, of how to really master my internal world. Um, because I was such at a place of, of wanting to die that it was either die or figure out how do I influence and change the internal patterns that I'm feeling and take control of my life. And fortunately, I chose the latter. Wow, dude, so, so powerful. So you got a hold of Tony Robbins book because you were at this point of, of despair. What kept you going in those, in those moments? Like, why did you choose to keep living? Did you have like good family values instilled in you? Why you, why are you still here, George? Why are you still alive? Yep. 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 <laughs> you know, looking back, Chris, I don't know. Um, I, I don't know what kept me alive at that point in time. Um, because life was pretty dark and, and dreary, but something obviously was, you know, was uh, tapping on my shoulder and, and told me to keep going. So I kept going. That's awesome. Man. That's, that's super cool to find out. Like, what is what is that inspiration? What is that inner drive? Or even some some supporting external thing, you know, and supporting us and, and keeping us going. So I think that's beautiful. And um, so you started learning NLP, man. Like, what neurolinguistic program? What was it that that really started to transform about your life when you applied neurolinguistic programming what what started to shift in your mindset in your identity like what, what was it that changed man for me it was understanding that i could communicate with my unconscious mind mm -hmm. because we all know that if we've been studying personal development for any length of time we all know that our habits our patterns our programming is stored in the unconscious mind and we can only create so much change cognitively. Like willpower will only get us so far. And when I learned that I could communicate with my unconscious mind and change those kind, those old programs that were just expired, um, that's what really inspired me to dive in deeper into this work and, and become certified and then master certified. And so um, it gave me the tools I needed to understand my depression and where my suicidal thoughts were coming from um, and how to change those programming those programs so that I can have a completely different life experience. 
Yeah, dude. So, so great. So I want to dive into what you mentioned about the goal setting, because I think that's that's somewhere where we can all start is just making sure we have clear goals, clear direction, because without that, then why are we even going to do the internal work to to free ourselves from those limiting beliefs and from that self-sabotage without a worthy goal, then it's not going to pull us through the the kind of resistance that we might face. So tell us a little bit more about setting powerful goals, man. So that comes in this. So um, right along when I was sharing about how you know I was in the depths of despair, wanting to kill myself, um, learning like to going on a thirty day media cleanse where I stopped you know uh, consuming information from the media. I had this these huge revelations. I felt renewed, rejuvenated, and then I went you know because I had a very comfortable six figure salary at a, as a sales manager at that time, and I went in and I just resigned from my job. I didn't know what was coming next, and I gave my two week notice. And in those Two weeks, I was actually teaching and training what I was learning out of the books that I was reading, not on sales training and the technology upgrades our company was going through. And in that two weeks, my reps got really inspired. And on my last day, we had this heartfelt speech. Um, and uh, I gave this heartfelt speech and we hugged it out and cried it out. And uh, at the end of my at, at the end of that day, three of my reps came up to me and they said, George, you should be a motivational speaker. George, you should be a motivational speaker. George, you should be a motivational speaker. And there was something about the third time that hit me, something clicked. And, you know, I don't know, Chris, what your religious or spiritual beliefs are, but I do believe that God of the universe communicates to us in a lot of different ways. And in many cases, this is through other people if we're willing to listen. And so the third time it clicked, I heard it and I said, okay, I'll become a motivational speaker. And I had no idea how I was going to go from being a depressed corporate manager to a motivational speaker. But one of the next books that came into my world was called Psycho-Cybernetics by Maxwell Maltz, mm -hmm. where he teaches you how to use the power of visualization uh, and mental rehearsal to not only increase your self-confidence, but also to achieve your goals. And so I literally would go into what Maxwell Maltz calls the theater of your mind. And I would imagine myself in front of large audiences. I would make it so real in my mind because, as you know, the mind doesn't know the difference between something we vividly imagine and something we actually experience. So I'm sitting there and I'm just visualizing because it feels better than the depression that I was in. So I'm visualizing myself in front of audiences, you know, and I'm making it as real as I poss as possible. And I'm seeing it as real. I'm feeling it. I'm hearing it. I'm making all I'm, I'm, you know, engulfing all the sensory data in my mind. And over the course of time, like that's really what fired me up is having a vision for the future. Um, and I think, you know, in terms of your question, I think if, if, if we can find something that is worth just charging after and going after that we're so passionate about, man, we have a completely different life experience than if we're just living day to day, just trying to pay the bills without any meaningful kind of goals. It's, it's two totally different life experiences. Yeah, this is this is gold, man. I really hear that the momentum of of success and performance that you had in football carried into sales, and then that that sales role you had success there, so that when you finish, when you completed that season, there was a big aha or the big, you know, okay, well, this is where I'm going to go next. I may not, may not have it all figured out, but at least I have a direction, motivational speaker and, you know, like developing my mindset, inspiring and impacting people for someone who's not really clear on, on where they should go in life. And they may not have necessarily that drive that they can, they can tap into immediately. What would you recommend to those people as far as getting connected with their goals? and their passion, their purpose? You know, that's a great question. And I would say, look back to, to childhood. Mm -hmm. And what were the things that you did that you just lost yourself in time with? 
you know, and it doesn't matter what it is. I think too often we get conditioned into this society that, that says, you know, there are a certain amount of professions that, that you can become. Um, and we forget that we can create a profession really out of anything that we have enough passion and love around. And so it's, uh, it was amazing. Yesterday I was at the, the science museum here in Oregon with my boys and there's this, uh, exhibit called exquisite creatures and this kid growing up in in oregon a long time ago was just in love with insects loved bugs loved reptiles and um and so you know fast forward his life what he does is he preserves these you know dead snakes and dead fish and dead sharks and he creates art out of them and he sells them for millions of dollars all around the world and so i mean it's it's crazy to think about just an interest in in something that might not seem like would have a career path could create an amazing career for you. So think back to childhood. What, what were some of the things that you did? You lost time in. what are some of the things that you do now for a hobby that you absolutely love that potentially you can uh, monetize and build a business around? I think that would be a good first place to start. Like what, what is it that when you do it, it lights you up? Mm. I think that's mm. a great place to start. I love it. That's, I love how when we go back to the childhood, that's our most innocent most pure form of of desire and like leading from our source i believe that we all have this this internal gps this internal source that guides us and leads us along life and the things that we shouldn't be doing or don't want to do that usually feels bad and the things that we do want to do and and light us up usually feel good that can be a little bit different depending on how people get wired up over time i'm sure the the wires get crossed and the things that should be feeling good might not feel good and and uh, vice versa. So that's that's great, man, to really look back and, and look at those patterns. And then once people get goals, George, what what do they do to start to actualize them? You mentioned visualization. What else do they need to do to start achieving those? Um, first thing that comes to mind is is write them down. Like that, I think the the act of writing is I think is, is an act of magic because we take a concept or a thought or an idea and we can literally by writing it out we crystallize it into the physical reality and there's power in that and i think a lot of people forget about that power um, but to get clear on your goals and then write your goals down consistently because from a neuroscience standpoint every time you write down your goals you start to fire off a neurological pathway and the more you write it down the stronger that neurological pathway gets until eventually that electrical signal becomes so strong that it triggers the hypothalamus in the brain and the hypothalamus in the brain is like a chemical factory. It releases neuropeptides into the bloodstream, and those neuropeptides fuse into the cells of our body, and we feel that thought or that goal in the form of an emotion. And as we know, emotion is behind all action. And so when we write down our goals consistently, the neurological pathway gets stronger, the emotionality of it gets stronger, and then we're juiced to take action. So that's one thing that I would, I would recommend to people. Once you get clear on what your goals are is write them down consistently. Yeah. Um, and, and consistently really like for everyone, ideally it would probably be every day, right? To reorient ourselves to those goals every day and whatever works for everyone it might be once a week, might be every day, might be whatever works best for them. Um, but I think just having the consistency of saying, I'm going to do it at this time and then actually doing it. And that also, I think, builds our self image with following through and being like knowing ourselves as trustworthy and consistent. Yeah, 100%. You said it perfectly. Following through increases self-confidence. You know, when we do what we say we're going to do, to do um, we're in personal integrity with ourselves, And as a result of that, self-esteem, self-confidence increases, no doubt. 
And then I think another tool that people can utilize and, and benefit from is, is the power of chunking. Hmm. Because the brain, when it comes to taking action, the brain likes specificity. So this is this is kind of a cool little situation. <laughs> a little glow. I don't even know what that looks like on your screen, but uh, I'm guessing it looks pretty awesome on my balding head. You see what I'm saying? Most of my hair has been lost in the last three years after having kids, just so you know. <laughs> so, Chris, if you're thinking about having kids, man, uh, well, you're good already. I'm you're, good. <laughs> you're good. All right. <laughs> you beat me to the punch. <laughs> um, what were we talking about? <laughs> Chunking. <laughs> chunking, 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 and and also uh, along with this, staying focused. Make sure you stay focused is a key to. Uh, <laughs> uh, but chunking because the brain really likes specificity. Uh, when, um, for example, anytime you're planning your day, if you if if people plan their day with ambiguous or vague action items, um, then the brain doesn't move you into action. The brain likes specificity. And so when it comes to your goals, your goal is probably this big chunk of information that you can't just take one action to accomplish. It's going to probably require a series of actions. So being able to chunk it down into specific actionable chunks is very important. And I have to share this metaphor with you because it, it, is, it is so relevant to what we're talking about. Dolphins. So dolphins uh, are trained when, you know, when they're brought into captivity at like SeaWorld or whatever, they're trained to jump over these bars. Eventually they get, you know, jump over 15, 20 foot bars out of the water. It looks like they're flying. It's pretty amazing. And so initially these dolphins are, are taught the bar is actually put in the water. Anytime the dolphin just swims over the bar, uh, they are rewarded with food. Anytime they swim under the bar, they're not rewarded. So dolphins are smart. They catch on quickly. And eventually the bar is raised and raised again. And same reward system. Once they go over the bar, they're rewarded with food. Under the bar, no food. Eventually the bar comes out of the water and same reward system over and over and over again until that bar is like 15, 20 feet in the air. And this dolphin is flying out of the water over this bar. But it couldn't have started at that height. It couldn't have started at that level. It set itself, or they set the dolphin up to win by just gradually increasing the height. And we have to remember that with achieving our goals, um, set yourself up to win by setting small, winnable micro goals yeah. because the brain will release dopamine. And, and if, you, if you're not familiar with the neuroscience of goal achievement, you have to get familiar with it. There's a ton of neuroscience research out now that can help you understand how your brain works as it relates to motivation and achieving your goals. But anytime we achieve a small goal or a big goal, dopamine is released. Dopamine is the idyllic chemical in the brain. And that's, you know, from, from caveman standpoint, it, it motivated you to do it again. Mm -hmm. And so if you can just set yourself up to win by achieving small micro goals consistently that make up your big goal, uh, you really do set yourself up to win. Dude, that is, that is awesome. And I love how when you mentioned the dolphin swimming through the, the hoop or the ring or over the thing, over the um, step. It happens in the water at first. It's like not even not even a goal, right? It's just like it happens. And because the dolphin was just there at the right place at the right time kind of thing, just living, just being, not really exerting any effort, it got rewarded. And as, as the dolphin kept doing that thing, then it starts to get raised. And I think a lot of people today... They have big dreams and big visions and see what's possible. Like this is a world of freaking possibilities. Like, you know, whatever we want to be, do and have, we have the capacity to do it. And where do you start? 
to get to running, you have to first learn how to crawl. You have to first learn how to walk. You have to go through those paces. And same thing with our goals. I think we have to first set the bar so low that it's like, hey, we can do it. Just like make, make sure that we do it and build that consistency. And I think a lot of people self-sabotage because they set those goals too big. Is that something that you've, you've found, George? Beautifully put. Beautifully, but I think uh, a lot of times we set ourselves up to lose because we set the goal too high or, or it's too much. Um, you're absolutely right. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's um, I, really, I really love the small chunking aspect of, of this. Uh, I want to talk a little bit more about the identity, um, shifting the identity, because I know that that could really play a big part in terms of achieving a goal or not achieving a goal. And I know it's in alignment with NLP. It's in alignment with the psycho-cybernetics that you were talking about. Tell us a little bit more about identity and why that's important to achieving goals. Identity, very powerful conversation. So our identity is simply the way that we define ourselves, whether that's consciously or unconsciously. And identities within us get developed through having life experiences. So, for example, uh, growing up, uh, my parents were awesome. They did a great job. They did the best they could with the resources they had at the time. All of our parents did. Mm -hmm. uh, but there was one question they would always ask me. Anytime I did something wrong or made a mistake on something, they would say, what are you, stupid? You know, and, and they didn't mean any harm by it, but by asking this question over and over and over again, I had to begin asking myself, am I, well, maybe I am stupid. I am stupid. I'm stupid. And then the, an identity of I'm stupid gets developed. And as Tony Robbins says, you know, the most powerful force in the human personality is to remain consistent with how we define ourselves. And so if I'm, if I have an identity of I'm stupid, I have to behave in congruence with that identity. And, you know, it goes on the converse side too, you know, um, now that I've been in this world of personal transformation for 15 years and having the blessing of having two kids, like I'm building identities within them early on that are going to serve them later in life. So I have them repeat this mantra. Uh, it's a four mantra or a four affirmation mantra it says, I'm smart, I am capable, I am valuable, and I can do anything I set my mind to. And they say it every day uh, as often as we can. And we have to, if we have to behave in congruence with our identities, then they will eventually behave in congruence with those identities. So in order to change an identity, I mean, there's a lots of ways to change it. But one of the ways that you can change your identity, if, if, um, if you see yourself in a certain way, is imagine yourself in the future as the person, as your greatest possible self, mm -hmm. and imagine yourself doing and being that version of you. And then in NLP, we call it perceptual positions where you can literally, you know, and, and we do this kind of crazy closed eye stuff at my event because, yeah. as you know, all change happens in the, in, in the inside first. So I have people close their eyes and then I have them imagine their, their, their greatest version of themselves in the future, five, ten years into the future. And I have them paint vividly what that version of them is doing, who they're being, how they're operating, what they're, everything about them. And then once they build that, version of them they then in their mind's eye float out of their body out of their old perspective and into that greatest version of themselves perspective and they start to feel and get a sense of that version of themselves and unconsciously the changes is happening and so one of the ways that we get programmed is through the power of repetition the more we imagine ourselves being that version and this is how i changed my identity uh, because my whole life i was a football player and uh, eventually obviously became a speaker and so I had to literally program my mind that I am a speaker I am a speaker and I did that by constantly visualizing and embodying the future version of me so that's one way that you can uh, change your identity through the power of repetition 
Wow, dude, I love it. I love it. And especially the, the different mechanisms that we can use to change modalities, to change visual position, you know, is it first person, third person? I think that a lot of that is in neuro-linguistic programming. Can you tell us a little bit more about neuro-linguistic programming and how uh, you use it in your, in your workshops, in your seminars? Tell us a little bit more about it, man. So NLP is, as you all probably know, stands for neuro-linguistic programming. And it's, it's, essentially the, the having the ability to manage your state of being and your state of being is the most important thing that you can keep tracks on and keep an eye on because your point your, your state of being is your point of action and it's your point of attraction so whatever state that is is determining a lot of how you're experiencing your own life and what nlp really helps you do is it helps you learn how to communicate with the unconscious mind and and so the we communicate with our unconscious mind through images, through sounds, through feelings, right? Through sensory data, sensory information. And so by having that sort of portal open to be able to communicate with our unconscious mind, we can change a lot of shit that uh, has been, had us stuck in the past. Um, so it, it, essentially NLP is, is the language in which your unconscious mind communicates and uh, activates programs and patterns and habits. Yeah. Wow. So it's it's the language of the mind, and if we shift the the language, if we shift what is being interpreted, the, the data, then we will get a different result. We will shift our state, and we'll shift our actions and point point of attraction. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, because you know that the unconscious mind has stored every single experience that we've ever had. It's categorized it and developed belief systems and value systems as a result of it. Um, and the, all of that, all of that stuff is changeable. We can change all that stuff. And, you know, neuroscience calls it neuroplasticity, but we, we don't have to stick with the programs and patterns that we were dealt with. Yeah. Uh, we can change it. Well, it sounds like there's a lot of different things, levers that we could move around, so to speak, to be able to reprogram our minds and communicate with the unconscious mind and become a different version of ourselves to achieve the life that we desire. How do we know where to start? Like, the, like we said earlier, I think we got to get clear on, on well, what's the vision for my life. Mm. You know, one of the things that we do at, on day one at my event is we create your 10-year vision story. And we have people literally construct, ideally, without limits, what would their life look like, feel like, be like in mm. 10 years if there were no limits. Um, and then we teach them how to visualize into that process. So I think understanding where, where do you where do you want your life to be in, in 10 years? What do you want it to look like? What do you want it to feel like? What values do you want to embody? Um, I, I think that's the best place to start. Yeah, I love it. I love it, man. So I, I, I've heard that coming up as a theme is like really know where you want to go. And then where you want to go, then uh, there's a number of different paths that we can take to get there. Can you share what some of those paths might be to shift who we're being, to shift you know, the, the unconscious programmings that might be stopping us or what we can change, what we can do um, with NLP even to, to be able to get to those goals. Let's see here. So you're asking for, when you, when you say path, what do you mean? Yeah, so a path could be, um, for example, there's a, 
I know there's there's different exercises in, in neurolinguistic programming. One could be um, like mapping across, right? I used uh, mapping across to help my girlfriend to um, stop drinking alcohol. I replaced uh, wine with beer, and she doesn't like beer, so she stopped stopped drinking the wine. Um, so I'm just wondering if there's any specific tools or set of tools that you would recommend um, for our, our listeners and our audience that they can start using today to start shifting some of those unconscious beliefs that might be stopping them or self-sabotaging them yeah beautiful okay so mapping across awesome that you know that um one tool that i mean there's so many but one uh, a couple of tools come to mind the first one that comes to mind is learning how to trigger anchors mm. so an anchor is simply a trigger that produces a, it's a stimulus that produces a specific internal response um a, the, the most famous anchor of all time is uh, from Ivan Pavlov, Dr. Ivan Pavlov, if you remember Pavlov's dogs, he brought a group of dogs in to study dog salivation and he rang a bell, gave them food over and over and over again, rang a bell, gave them food. And eventually he could ring the bell and it would trigger salivation because the dogs began to associate the bell with uh, food. And so an anchor is simply a trigger that produces a specific internal response and being able to anchor yourself to empowering states of being is one of the most important things that you can do. Uh, to stay resourceful and stay in alignment with your goals. So for example, uh, you, we're already anchored in life. Uh, life anchors us simply by the process of living it. Uh, Chris, do you remember, I don't want to get you in trouble here, but do you remember the, the perfume of your first girlfriend? Oh my gosh, no. <laughs> no. Do you remember, let's see here. What, what's, um, so for me, for example, uh, it was eternity for women. Oh my was, gosh. <laughs> and so anytime I smell eternity for women, it just puts me back in that euphoric state. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, for example, Apple, when you think of Apple products or Apple, mm. computer, what, what is it that triggers for you? Think different. Think different. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, we're anchored. Like when, when you sell, smell Starbucks, if you're a big Starbucks fan, there's a certain internal response that gets created as a result of smelling Starbucks. Uh, a common one is music. You know, certain mm. songs come on and people's state change. They, they're, you know, they, they get in that, that swagger mode. They're like, Oh, this is my song. And they start dancing, you know? So music is a very, it literally activates a different identity within us. Wow. Uh, so music is a very powerful anchor. Um, the specific way you can utilize anchors is to uh, stack experiences. So, for example, Chris, if I asked you, what's one emotion or one state of being that you would like to embody more of? Hmm. Is boldness a state? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so for those of you watching, um, just kind of keep track on what we're doing here. So the first is to identify what's a specific state that you want to feel more often. And so for those of you listening, just kind of think, well, what is it that I would like to feel or experience more often? So for Chris, it's boldness. Mm -hmm. So I would then have Chris go back into his past and have him think about five different experiences where he felt bold. Mm -hmm. And so that's called stacking experiences. And he'll, so we won't do it now, obviously, because of time constraints, but um, he could probably go into his past and make a list of five different experiences where he felt bold. And then I would walk him through each of those memories as if he were living those memories now. And it would associate his entire mind and body to the sense of boldness. And then we would have him trigger off an anchor or, or touch some part of his maybe ear 
where we would obviously communicate about what it would be. He could play a song during the peak of the, of the emotion. Um, he could, you know, have a smell trigger it. But once you're in that peak state of stacking those memories of feeling bold, then that's when you activate the, the anger. So again, it could be a song, it could be a smell, it could be a specific touch, it could be a specific move you do with your body. And you do that over and over and over again. And boom, eventually, just like Pavlov dogs, you can fire off the anchor and feel a sense of boldness. Wow. That's, that's so powerful, especially for people who find uh, resistance coming up. They might procrastinate. They might do these other things that are not in alignment with their top priority. Or maybe they're out at, at a club or a networking event and they're just not feeling confident or whatever it might be. Like these, these are what an amazing like hack to get them to say, nope, I'm not that old, you know, shy, introverted little version of myself. I can just like press the button basically and step into the greatest version of myself. And I think it's it's so powerful, such a profound um, tool that can really shift someone's entire reality, man. Yeah, totally. And and before we end here, I'd, I'd love to to walk you through because I know we're talking about self confidence and um, and self image. Um, I'd love to be able to walk you and your audience through just a quick exercise um, that will help enhance your self-image. Uh, but you're right. You know, you're right. I think simple tools like this can help us manage our state more effectively, which keeps us in alignment with our goals. Um, and, and I think that's the biggest thing that that keeps people, If they, even if you know what you want, you know what your goals are, the biggest thing that keeps people away is, is uh, not being able to manage their state of being. Because life's going to happen. Anytime you commit to becoming your greatest self or anytime you commit to a greater version of you, the natural reaction from life and those old patterns is that it's going gonna, it's gonna to punch you in your genitals. <laughs> Whatever you got between your legs there is going to punch you right there and it's going to wake you up. And if you can't get out of that slump and you can't get out of that state, then you're, you're not going to feel the motivation or the energy that you need to go after your goals. So state management is huge. Yeah. Yeah, state management. I also hear in that being a self-starter. I think a lot of people have challenges and are waiting for the mood to hit them rather than saying, I'm in control of my mood. I'm in control of my state and my energy and my day. Here's what I'm going to do to make sure every day I'm, I'm giving myself the greatest possible chances of success and maximum productivity. Right, right. So, I mean, like you, know, you mentioned it, your morning routine, whatever you do in the morning is going to set the tone for your day. So, you know, take control of that first hour of your day. For me, it's playing with kids. That's what gets me in the mood, you know. Awesome. Uh, but for whatever it is for you, find a, a, that hour of power or that morning, uh, one hour, and figure out what you can do to get yourself in a positive, uplifted state. Yeah, this is, this is gold. And, and for everyone who's listening, tuning in right now, live or replay or podcast, uh, if you're loving this stuff, like I, I know I'm loving it, I geek out on, on these techniques and all the different stuff that you can learn. Uh, it's great to hear it here on the podcast. And we're just scratching the surface. If you want to actually apply this stuff and really shape 2020 to be your best year ever, uh, I just want to give out the website, George. Is it okay if I, I give that website right now? So there, the audience can go to www.gy20.us and they can get more info about the the um, event right yep gy20.us come join us cool cool awesome so i just wanted to make sure you guys had that and george you mentioned about confidence uh something that would really help with that tell us about that man well you, you got to start with liking yourself you know <laughs> yes 
I mean, that's, that, that's uh, one of the basics of, of personal development. I think it was uh, Brian Tracy. He was one of my early mentors and has been in the game for a long time. I still listen to his stuff. But he had a simple affirmation that he, was, that he would teach. Just say, I like myself. I like myself. Yeah. I like myself. And over the course of time, you start to convince yourself that, hey, I like myself. But I mean, that, that's the beginning of self-confidence is, mm-hmm. is being cool with who you are, not, not trying to be somebody else or not judging yourself for not being somebody else or being yourself. It's just like just liking yourself, you know, coming to peace with who you are. I think that's step one. Um, and step two, I think that we mentioned earlier is, um, and Tony Robbins talks about this, you know, if you want to feel a sense of consistent happiness in, in your life, it comes in one word and that's progress. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the sense that we're making progress toward meaningful goals uh, it is one way to increase self-confidence. And, and, and one way to diminish it is to not follow through on what we say we're going to do, you know, set a goal. And this is, I think, why people are so, oh, I don't do New Year's resolutions or I don't, I don't do goals because they suck at goal setting mm-hmm. and goal achievement. And one thing that, that a lot of people don't realize is that goal achievement is a learned skill. It's not yeah. something that we innately come into earth knowing how to do. It's a learned skill. And, um, you know, just real quick, the four levels of learning, any new skill or the first one is, is Chris, did you learn to drive with a, a stick shift or, or automatic? I, I had an auto for my first car and then I learned stick shift the next car. Gotcha. So I always use that example, you know, of dry, learning to drive with a stick shift, you know, before you even step into the car, you're already at the first level of learning, which is unconsciously unskilled. That's when you don't know that you're stuck at something. <laughs> and then the second level of learning is consciously un, or, un, or consciously uh, unskilled. That's when you're aware that you suck at driving. So our first attempt with the stick shift, a lot of time ends with our engine, you know, coming to a halt. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we do it over and over and over. And because driving meant freedom to us, you know, we through the power of repetition, we just practice over and over and over, move to the third level of learning, consciously skilled when you, and that's be, when you become aware that you're uh, improving at a certain skill. And then over the course of time, we do it so often that it becomes unconsciously skilled. We don't have to think about it anymore. And that's why people think they can text and drive and do all those other things while they're driving. So same thing with goal setting is that it, it's, it's something that needs practice, needs repetition uh, in order for us to get really good at it. Mm. Wow. This is, this is great, man. I think it's, if, if we have a little bit more compassion for ourselves too, you know, like when we're going through that, those levels of learning, if we know, Hey, I'm at unconsciously uh, incompetent or unskilled, like then I, I can have, I have grace for myself. And even if I'm at, you know, consciously incompetent and then working on conscious competence, like that, that progression to those two, to, to unconscious competence, that's like a big leap to get to there, especially with, um, you know, our careers. I think a lot of people wish they were just, you know, in total flow and a wizard or, or whatever it might be at whatever the task is. And, it takes repetitions. It takes that consistent practice to be able to get to that level of, of mastery. Right. I mean, like anything, going to the gym is the most common example used, but you don't go to the gym, you don't get fit. That's right. That's right. Man. So we're talking wow. about confidence and, um, and uh, you know, I think those two things that we mentioned, liking yourself obviously is key. Um, following through on meaningful goals is also important. Um, and, and I think this is the biggest one that that if, if people can make this shift and it doesn't happen overnight, definitely didn't happen with me overnight, you can stop giving a fuck about what other people think about you. Yeah. If you can just let that shit go, uh, you will have a level of freedom that most people never experience in life. 
Yeah. What What do you think goes into that to really not caring what people think, man? What 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 are the components that really make us effective at that? Because it's one thing to say it, and it, it, we, yes, we can repeat it over and over again. And I think there could be a little bit better of a strategic approach to how do we do that. Yeah, let's go in and get it. So the <laughs> first thing I think is being aware of of why you took on the pattern, why somebody takes on the pattern of, of valuing somebody else's opinion over your own. Um, because we're not, we don't come into the world with that opinion and with that pattern. For me personally, and it's going to be different for everybody. So for me personally, I'm a half Korean kid. I grew up in a small, tough town called Pueblo where um, most of the kids were white and Hispanic. Mm-hmm. So I was very different from everybody else. And as a result of that, I got picked on. I got bullied a lot uh, just for being different. And so I started to learn that. And it was almost a survival mechanism. In order for me to survive here, I've, I've got to fit in. I've got to be light. And so I began to shift, uh, shift the, the focus of what I think about me is valuable and important. Being unique is valuable and important. I made the shift to what other people think about me is important, almost as a survival mechanism. And so for most of my life, I went through life trying to get other people to like me because I didn't like myself on an unconscious level. Um, And just like anything, any program in a computer eventually is going to have an expiration date. Eventually, life had got so hard for me, um, caring about what other people thought about me, that I I finally got to that leverage point where it was time to change it. Um, And that's around when I started doing personal development work. So I think the the first thing is to get clear on on, uh, how did you develop the pattern um, and what's the value, what's the benefit of of holding on to it. Wow. That's that's powerful. There's so much... There's so much wisdom in our past that we can use and leverage to, to shape the present and the future. And I know that I know in, in NLP, you can also go back and like literally actively rewrite that past. So it becomes a more meaningful, progressive, you know, um, beneficial experience and, and memory and data, data heart, like stored in our hard drive or mental hard drive so that we show up differently in the present. And that, that stuff's really powerful, man. Yeah, absolutely. And then, and then to tip the scales, you've got to find something that you desire to have or create in your life that's more valuable than other people's opinions of you. Yeah. And so when I realized that in order to become this version of me that I can see in my mind of impacting millions and millions of people across the planet, I cannot, I can't, I can't hold on to um, needing them to like me in order to step into that more powerful version of me. Like that, that has to go. Yeah. So, so finding something that is more valuable than others' opinions was a huge shift for me. And I think for the clients that I work with, um, when they make that shift, when they see that this is more valuable, this is more important for me than caring about what you think about me, um, they start to make that shift pretty quickly. Yeah. And I, I think the question I like to ask is, you know, if I go to sleep tonight, like whether people like me or not, you know, what, what am I going to feel about how I did today? That's, that's the only thing that sticks with me. And at the end of my life, you know, people come and go, there's different seasons and stuff. How am I going to feel about how I lived my life? Did I invest my time, my resources, my skills, my gifts wisely, or did I squander them? Did I, did I, you know, play small? Did I not really show up and, and serve people because I was so careful? Caring about what others thought, and I think that perspective, um, and like kind of meditating on the the uh, how how short life can be, it really I think can also inspire people to take to take a more bold action. Yeah, amen to that, brother. Amen. Yeah.
Yeah, this is good, man. I want to talk about your your documentary, your Amazon special. Tell us a little bit more about that, man. That's that's huge. That's super super awesome. Yeah, we're pumped, dude. So um, this greatest year of your life event, you know, that's been happening for uh, since 2011. It's it's just it keeps getting better and better. And the the reason why this event is so powerful, not because of me, not even because of the other speakers, but there is a a culture that gets created within our events that it's a safe space for you to break through, to transform, to heal. Um, and so we, it's a spirit guided event and we're very proud of that. And so we just got the intention last year. I was talking to my videographer, his name is Michael Herring. And I said, Hey, what do you think about getting this filmed into a documentary? And, you know, we're both just kind of like, okay, let's do it. Well, you know, and, and, one thing that uh, we teach people is, is sometimes you got to say yes and figure out the how later. That's right. And so, and so we said, okay, let's do it. So he brought in three cameras and small camera crew and followed us around. And um, over the last, probably since this whole year, we've been, you know, kind of like narrowing the, the hours and hours of footage that we have down to um, 90 minutes. And wow. we're, we're this close and we're this close, but it's basically just a behind the scenes look at our event, the specific transformations that people have as a result of doing the work that we do. Um, like for example, last year, this woman came in huge fear of public speaking and mm -hmm. she came up on stage with me. I walked her through an NLP, NLP timeline process um, and eliminated that fear of public speaking. And so she's one of the people that's featured in our documentary. Um, but we, you know, we have people like that that come in and just have these huge transformations and we wanted to capture it on film and get it into a bigger audience and not just like Facebook or social media, but get it out to Amazon prime video. That's huge, man. That's huge. Uh, tell us a little bit more about the decision of, of like marketing and branding and getting the word out about what you do and why Amazon was a, a key key like next step and how did you know it was the right time that's a good question so um tony robbins as you know came out with his his netflix documentary several years ago and um i always wanted to do something like that and so uh, along the way just the idea of amazon prime came to surface and the barrier of entry is a little bit lower mm -hmm. um, but obviously amazon is a big name and so from a marketing standpoint you know, we, we decided Amazon Prime Video because uh, we had the, the technology and what we needed to get it through those barriers of entry. Um, and it's just, it's a, obviously a, a massive um, medium that, that people consume information through. So um, it goes beyond, you know, the social mediums and, and, and gives us a big brand recognition. Dude, that's that's awesome. Congratulations, man. I'm really looking forward to seeing it. I always love seeing like really well-made uh, documentaries and movies about personal development, about business, about, you know, just becoming the, our greatest possible selves. I'm, I'm really excited that we're in a time where that's happening more and more because people are recognizing that, yeah, to watch a, a movie, Star Wars, you know, Star Trek, that, that stuff's great. And like, what is going to move us forward? I think it, it's it's a balance of the two and with a heavy, heavy lean on personal development. I'm, I'm more of like the personal development junkie. My girlfriend's more like, let's go watch a, a relaxing movie. I've been working my butt off all day. I'm like, I want to relax into some personal development. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that, man. I hear that. It's it's awesome, man. Um, so I know you mentioned at the beginning, and I mentioned that your family is such a big part for you, man. Can you tell us a little bit more about uh, what it's been like raising two two kids, and like what what lessons you've learned, how you've grown yourself? Yeah, yeah. I would say that um, 
raising kids and being and parenting kids is by far the greatest privilege and blessing of being alive. There is mm. no doubt about that. The gift of a uh, of a of a of a a baby, a soul, a spirit that we get to develop, that we get to sort of condition, that we get to bring into the world. I think there's there's no greater um, no greater gift in life. And so for me, it really touched on um, that point that we made at the beginning is that my life stopped being about me and it started mm. being about these two little creatures that I fucking love and sometimes get so pissed off at times <laughs> if you're a parent. You know what I'm talking about. I mean, I don't care about what my hair looks like anymore. You know, priorities change anyway. <laughs> but that's the biggest gift is that life life stopped being about me and it started being about about a team and, and yeah. raising a family. Yeah. How how do you feel your relationship with your wife has evolved since having kids? Oh, Jesus, man. Don't let me start on that. How much time you got? Nine. <laughs> So, uh, so I met, uh, her name is Kirby. She's phenomenal. I'm going to give you the short version of this story, but we were, we actually got, we got within 14 months, we moved in, uh, got pregnant, got married, had a kid within 14 months and wow. we had a chance to get to know each other. So, uh, we had two kids later. Um, you know, I moved out of the house because we weren't doing so well. And then we ended up getting a divorce earlier this year in March and spending about six months apart and me kind of coming to, to my senses, realizing, hey, I'm about to lose what I really want in life mm -hmm. as a family just because I've got some old stubborn patterns. Um, and so recently I've moved back in and we've rekindled the love. and We're doing well. So, I, you know, family has taught me, I think, the most important. Here's what we're going to leave you with. Uh, love. Love. Mm -hmm. Family. Ha having a family has taught me and reconnected me with, with the most important resource we all have access to, and that's love. I feel it. I feel it, George. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that, man. I really appreciate it. And, you know, it's, there's ups and downs and it's about how we respond to them, you know, and, and to really give ourselves that grace and, and figure it out and just not, not be too hard on ourselves, whatever the outcome is, but always be doing our best. You know, we're always doing our best. And I uh, really, I love everything you shared. I love um, sharing about your family too, man. Really, really cool. And I want to let people know how they can keep growing on this journey together with you because I know they're loving this. They want to learn more. They want to get these techniques. They want to get clarity on their life to, to really transform their self-image, to step into their power. How do they do that with you, George? Go to gy20.us and get your ass to our three-day event. It will it will transform you in ways. If you're ready, if you're ready. it's not for everybody, but if you're ready to do the work, you're ready to open your heart, you're ready to open your mind. You'll experience transformation like maybe you never have in your life, and I'm that confident. You know, we even give a money-back guarantee. You can attend all of day one, and if it's not up to your expectations, we give you your money back. Um, so that's how you do it. Come join us live and in person. It's it's safe online. It's safe behind the camera. It's safe yeah. behind your computer. Like get out from behind your computer and come experience transformation in the raw with us. GY20.us. Mm, mm, I love it. So it's www.gy20.us. And George, I, I totally agree, man. Um, In-person events. That's really, I went like, really, I started going ham 
hard as a mofo in live events like seven years ago. And then since then, I've just been saying, I'm so committed to being around awesome people who raise the vibration of my thinking, of my consciousness, who challenge me, who stretch me, who help me to be the best version of myself and get my butt out from under the rock where it's so easy to stay isolated. It's so easy to play small. It's so easy to hide behind social media and and, and a camera, you know, like it's so easy. Even, even when you might look like it's so public and doing podcasts and interviews. Uh, I had a friend who said, Chris, like you're, you're awesome. This 12 hour marathon is awesome. And you need to be doing live events and going to more live events. I'm like, I know, I know. Like, even though I do this, like there's nothing that can replace that live event. So George, I love that you're, you're putting this on for people really impacting like massive, massive transformation in their lives. And, uh, just congrats, man. Congrats on everything and the Amazon special and, uh, you know, just keep up the great work, brother. It's, it's really cool. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And I just want to say to you, like you can tell you embody it. You can tell you it's not just stuff that you've read and it, you've embodied it. And it just speaks loudly through who you are. So thank you for doing the work that you do, my brother. Thank you. Thank you, George. I'm looking forward to growing even more on the journey and making a massive impact. Again, everyone tuning in, www.gy20.us. And George, we love you, man. Have an amazing rest of your day, okay? Love you guys. Take care. From the bottom of my heart, Thank you for tuning in. Right now, we've reached the end of this episode, but this is the start of a whole new beginning. Each and every moment, you have an opportunity to rewrite your story. Right here, right now, decide and commit who you are going to be. Think about how you will use these ideas, wisdom, and inspiration to make the difference in your life. What actions will you take today and every day to step into your greatest possible self? Again, a big shout out to our sponsor, EmployeeEscapePlan.com. If you're committed to learning how to truly harness your abilities and passions to serve the people who are hungry and desperate for what you have to offer, make a great income off of your genius, or if you're ready to get more clients to pay you more money, head over to www.employeeescapeplan.com and let Joe know you were sent by Chris. Did you enjoy this episode? Let your friends know about it. Share the website, beyourgps.com and send me some love on social media. If you want to clarify your vision, uncover blind spots, get more energy, tap into your flow and take massive action, Head over to beyourgps.com forward slash coaching to schedule some time into my calendar. Now, master yourself, create your reality, and make every day your best day ever. <laughs>